This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. How are you doing, Jason Glick? Oh, much better this week, John. How about you? Great. Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, what do you have in store for us tonight? Well, I well after many, many years, I have the um, final volume of Jeff John's um, Green Lantern. It's like this... I mean, I've... You've seen me... T- people have... If you've been reading the, the, the blog... Um, you've talked, you see me, um, talk about like, just about every volume that he's written. And also, if you were like the years ago when I talked about, um, the, uh, black, I, I talked about his, um, chapter series in, see, in on Blackest Night and the War of the Green Lanterns on the podcast as well. I mean, if there is a, there's a writer who has created a definitive run, like, on the character, specifically, um, Hal Jordan, um, it is him. And I've said it before, on, on the blog, but you know, you really cannot overstate um, John's um, contributions to this franchise. I mean, before before he took over, um, it was um, um, these, like um, ha- um, Kyle Rayner, who I who I really liked, um, was, was 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 the Green Lantern. After um, DC realized that you know nobody gave a shit about Hal Jordan, they had him turned into a villain named Parallax, and then um, and then Kyle Rayner became like the last Green Lantern. Was going to like you know like keep the uh, keep keep the torch burning for the green for the Green Lanterns and the Green Lantern Corps throughout the universe. So, but um, if, but then there was also this vocal um, contingent of fans who said, "Oh, we want Hal Jordan back. We're going to stop at nothing." So, I mean, like eventually, Hal Jordan you know gave his life to, to re- restart the sun in the Final Night crossover. Then he became the Spectre. Um, for years, so it's kind of like a you know compromise picture. Like, yeah, here's Hal Jordan. So you know, hey, we've got that Rainer. He's the Green Lantern. They'll deal with it. But you know, like, there's always this like, you know, like there's always like this vocal contingent of fans, and you know, there's some creators out there who think, yeah, we really like Hal Jordan. Like, you know, think we do something with them. One of them was was Jeff Johns, and um, for, and apparently like years years ago, DC uh, finally gave him the shot to um, you know, re to um, put Hal Jordan back. As as um the the one Green Lantern and Green Lantern Rebirth. Now now while it's a very continuity heavy series, Rebirth is a masterclass in taking all that continuity and I'm um, showing you how you know hey maybe there was actually a purpose behind it all. God knows there wasn't any purpose, but but um Johns looked at all the stuff that had been done to Hal Jordan up to that point, and then um created a coherent um story that that utilized all of it. And set up a new stat, set of school for the hero, for the character. It, it brought, it brought him back and also opened the door to the whole emotional spectrum of lanterns that we got. I mean, I didn't start reading this, this series until, until the, uh, Sinestro Corps War came out in paperback. And I heard, like, lots of good things about this, this particular, uh, this particular, um, storyline. And it was a, it's like, and it, and it, to be honest, it, this is the story that lived up to its hype. Was thir- it had epic stakes? It's like um great great action, and even and um even though the um the main story was in the Green Lantern title, its sister ti- its sister title on um, the Green Lantern Corps also had lots of um lots of interesting stuff to the point where you know, I didn't mind so much when we got to the off chapters where um where you had Peter Tomasi or Dave Gibbons scripting Green Lantern Corps. That was good, but um but the uh but the Jeff Johns issues um for for the Central Corps were good enough to me. Get me on board and go. Okay, I'm going to start picking up his run and I'm seeing where we go from here. Overall, 
um, like, um, Green Lantern, um, hit, like, John's, um, run on Green Lantern basically, um, shows you, like, the, um, the value of, like, what a, what a committed, dedicated, um, like, a vision for, for the character, it's like, and franchise can, can do for you. You know, instead of just, you know, sometimes being, you have some editorial or marketing, having to conform to what they're saying, the character has to be right now. But you've got the leeway to do what, to do what you want, and, um, you know, just take the kidneys in interesting directions, like this, like, things that have unexpected benefits to the point where, where after the Central Corpus War, we find out that the, uh, the Green Lantern, that it wasn't just like a, you know, a single Green Lantern corpse where it was just like, you know, the green, the green guys with the rings. We also had the Sinestro corpse who had their rings that controlled fear. We also found the, the whole emotional spectrum based on like, you know, the colors of the rainbow. You had the, uh, violets, the violet lanterns who control, controlled love. The, uh, the indigo lanterns who controlled compassion. See, uh, the blue lanterns who controlled hope. Green, the single green lantern, Larflees, who, um, who controlled avarice. The red lanterns who controlled rage. You had, and the very, at the uh, other ends of the spectrum, you had like the white light. You had the, um, here's one for unforeseen white lanterns who control, controlled life. And the black lanterns who controlled death. That was, the black lanterns thing was that some of they were going to, um, was what was part of the key lead up to the Blackest Night crossover. Now, I, now it's like, I want to say that I, that, um, John's, that, that John's basically did a great job of convincing me throughout his run that he had, like, you know, like a singular vision and purpose for the series that showed that, um, and it, and it kind of like you, and it was ultimately realized in, in Blackest Night in the, in the crossover that was essentially a Green Lantern story, but DC realized, you know, we can actually spill this out to the entire universe. This is like a big, um, company-wide crossover. And, um, and it worked. It was like, it was one of the few DC crossovers that actually, um, beat, uh, Marvel's big event series at the time, which was Captain America Reborn, and turned out to be a pretty good, pretty entertaining read as well. Granted, and it, it didn't even work, even if you didn't read the, uh, the Green Lantern tie-in volume, which contained all the um, missing beats uh, between the uh, between the crossover itself, but um, after that you get um, the Brightest Day um, series, which which is when which is basically like you know like John setting up establishing the the entities, the emotional entities which which embody all of the other um, spec um, like um, emotions in terms of the spectrum that led and that that was kind of more that was interesting enough when it led it was more set up. The next arc, which was um, that War of the Lanterns, where we find out that um, that um, Krona, one of the oldest, like, oldest guardians in the universe, who run the uh, who run the Green Lantern Corps, he was well, he was kicked out years ago. He's he's been gathering the entities for his own purpose, and he's gonna like, you know take thi- take things out and um, you know like, start running the show himself. Um, the, the, the crossover ended with um, Jordan um, basically um um. Get, Summoning his will to a, to, to a fine point where he managed to kill Krona, which is something that, you know, Green Lanterns are not supposed to be able to do, to the Guardians at least. Then, and, uh, at, and because of that, he was rejected, he was kicked out of the Green Lantern Corps, and um, at the same time though, his, his four, his foes, and his friend, foe, you know, best frenemy, um, Sinestro, was actually um, reinstated into the Green Lantern Corps, because, well, he was without his, um, Fear ring at the time, he showed that he could overcome overcome great fear through his actions in the crossover. That led us to the uh, to the um, New Fifty Two um, 
non-reboot, because Green Lantern, along with Batman, was one of the few series that didn't undergo a hard reboot at the time. DC said, hey, you know, this is working really well as it is. We're going to keep things going. And so then you got, um, so then you had um, Sinestro working for the Green Lantern Corps and Hal Jordan just bumming around on Earth. Okay. Then, um, and the first issue ended with um, Sinestro coming to Jordan and saying, hey, I can make you a Green Lantern again, but you have to be my bitch. That. Uh, well, he didn't see it exactly like that, but, you know, I was the gist of things. And so then um, you got um, John's, um, like, basically, um, pull, um, like, pulling on a thread that he's kind of been setting up through most of the series. Basically, the Guardians have been kind of like, are kind of like mule dicks, and they realize that, hey, you know, the Green Lanterns, they're, like, yeah, like, they're protecting the universe and all, but they're also, but they also have all this emotion that interferes with their, it's like, like their, um, with their jobs. So we're going to go ahead and create this new third army that's going to, um, kind of like completely responding to our will. And, um, and it's going to, and they're going to like, okay, whatever, whatever we say, make the universe, and, um, make the universe into one sentient controllable being. So basically, yeah, like cyberspace zombies, I'm um, going around, um, like sapping free will from everyone. And that's the, um, that was the crux of the, uh, third army crossover that spread through all the, uh, all the other Green Lantern titles. But here's the, here's the thing. Now, now we're getting to the, uh, now, well, I like the first, first two volumes of, let's see, of um, John's, um, new two incarnation of the series. It's like here, here we are getting to the, uh, getting into the, his final volume, volume three, which is called The End. And overall, I did like it. Then again, keep in mind that you're talking to someone who, who has spent like the last, oh, I don't know, five, ten minutes talking about how much he liked the series. So, so at the same time, though, I was like, I, I'll admit, yeah, I kind of drank the Kool-Aid, but, um, John's has proved his worth to me. And yes, this is, this, there are a lot, there are lots of issues here, but I think this is, this is still a worthy wrap-up to the series. Let me get, let me see that, that one right there. Cause then you get, get to the issues. The biggest of which, is the is the whole um, crossover structure that DC um, like forces upon um, all all four series at this point? Now, at first I thought this was a good thing. This is that you know, hey, we'd be getting the uh, next one of Green Lantern sooner um, with these new these two crossovers: Rise of the Third, Ar- Third Army and Wrath of the First Lantern. Then DC announced that oh, issue twenty, yo, hey, everyone's leaving. Now John's wrapping his, wrapping, his, wrapping up his run. And all the other guys on the other tiles are leaving as well. So we're going to make a whole house cleaning right here. So I'm thinking, wait, uh, so this means that, and then, and then they announced, oh, let me back up. Then they announced that the, the final volume of, of John's run is the only one that, like all the, the thir- third volumes of all these, all the, uh, green light trials are going to be the ones that are going to be the only ones that will contain the final issues of their series. So at the same time, they're saying, like, yeah, there's this crossover going on that you can buy in two separate volumes, but if you want the final wrap of these storylines, you're going to have to buy the, uh, the third volume of each of these titles. On one hand, it's a brilliant um, marketing ploy by DC upper management. At the same time, though, it's one that I'm going to say, you know, go fuck yourselves, DC. So, I, so when DC basically said that, hey, you know, like Green Lantern Volume 3 is going to take the final issue of Jeff John's run, hey, that's all I'm gonna buy because that's that's all I really give a shit about. Oh, 
Anyway, so what does um, Jeff John's final volume have? Well, to start with, it has the introduction of a new Green Lantern, the fifth. Earth as well. And that's Simon, Simon Boz. He's an, he's an Arab American who, um, who as, as, as we um, are officially introduced to at the beginning of the story, uh, had his life change on 9-11 and, um, basically, and was essentially like the, the recipient of, of indiscriminate, um, rage against, against, um, Arab Americans at the time. And, and he's also, and we also see that he's, he's not like, you know, the most morally upstanding character. We're introduced, when we get to the story proper, he's basically stolen a car, um, cause that's what he does, that's what he does in order to supplement his, his income after being laid off in his auto plant. But he has the unfortunate, um, luck to find out the car he's stolen also has a bomb in it. So, even though he manages to, um, take it into, um, um deposit in his, um, abandoned, um, auto factory where he used to work, uh, he's brought in by, um, by the American FBI and I'm um, charged on terrorism. But in, in resisting the, uh, efforts to interrogate him at the time, he's proved to be a, a man and who can overcome great fear. And so the ring that, um, Hal Jordan and Sinestro lost at the end of volume two selects him to be the next Green Lantern. Now, like Boz is, a, he, he's a like, he's like a little character. I mean, he's kind of, it's a key. What am I trying to trying to say here? He's it's like I appreciate the fact that um that Johns is trying to like you know, broaden the um, racial spectrum. It's like of it's like of the lanterns, and also just you know give like um spotlight an ethnicity that doesn't get a lot of play in in comics these days. And once again, it does make make for a pretty make for a pretty compelling read as he's trying to struggle against you know what people what people believe about him. Versus what what he actually is, because he wants to do the right thing, but he doesn't always get the right opportunity to do so. I mean, there is a, a fun moment at the beginning where where the Justice League finds out, oh, there's a new Green Lant- Lantern on the block, and we're going and um, we had Shope to find out, and he may be a terrorist, so we got to find out Shope to um, find out what that's all about. And um, as soon as they show up, and um, and and the boss says, hey, you don't actually expect me to fight you, I mean, I. I don't think I can take any of you on. You're just like, I'm back to take Batman, which point Batman goes, yeah, he's definitely a Green Lantern. So it's, so it's, it's a fun little moment, but at the same time, it then subsequently, it shortly devolves into the whole, um, misunderstanding when, um, it's like, when in fact, when the fact that this is Sinestro's ring makes itself known, and, um, Boz has to make, make a fast, fast escape. It's like, it's, so it's, so it's fun seeing him try, try to clear his name. And I'm um, hook up with the um with the um chipmunk Green Lantern um um badge, and it's and that 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 and that's a nice moment because that lets you know that he that we're not meant to take this his role like entirely seriously. I mean, even though you you could take the uh, idea that oh you know, hey every American Green Lantern we're supposed to take this as like a very like you know they take you no know, work like very serious and that like, he's you know like that's the that's the worked that um. He's a, he's an entity that we're supposed to take, you know, respect and take completely seriously. But, you know, like putting him, pairing him with a chipmunk, it's actually kind of a fun move because it's, cause it's fun seeing him just, you know, say, Hey, you know what? I'm working with a chipmunk now. Okay. And I'm like, and how bad I chides him for saying, Hey, you understand chipmunk? God damn. It's like, was your brain not evolved enough? And it's, and, um, he also, we also get to see him establish his, um, Green Lantern bona fides to doing something that no other Green Lantern has done. 
after he brings his um brother-in-law out of a coma. So, so overall, it's like you know, um, and so Boz is Boz is a nice addition to the uh, to the uh, to the core so far. But the uh, that's basically the um, John's contribution to the whole rise of the Third Army arc. I mean, yes, there's like these um, scenes of like the Third Army, like you know, assimilating people like like the Borg and all, and like basically like like cyber zombies, like um, space zombies and all, which is, you know, kind of which is kind of like um, kind of unoriginal and just generally like. Nah. But at the same time, though, it seems that the uh, that the whole conclusion to the whole crossover was uh, was um, from another in another title. And so, when you um, get past those issues, then you find um, Boz in a prison in, in the Chamber of Shadows with um, with Black Hand and the uh, Templar um, guardians. So you're kind of so if you didn't know what was going on that there's this whole part of a whole crossover. Then you'd be thoroughly confused. So let me just say that, yeah, this is part of a crossover. Just, just deal with it as it is. That's that's all I can say. Because you know, some sort of text text page would have been great to um, sort out this confusion. Anyway, anyway, the uh, final, the um, Wrath of the Third Lantern arc basically sets up the uh, the see the main villain for this arc, who is Volthoom, the First Lantern. And um, he's got those reality warping powers that are so convenient to um, characters. In the sense that you know, hey, we can he can rewrite reality, but oh, he can't quite do it just yet because he doesn't have enough power. But he's got enough to just you know make the lives of the characters li- a living hell. And you know that's that's enough to a certain point. I mean, he does do some really um, nasty shit to us, Nestro, which you know does take some doing. And I do like the um, the ones Nestro has on Korugar. Where he admits that yes, I do need help, and um, you know, I kind of, I kind of do love, love this one, love this one girl and all. So that those were good, but um, you also get some nice moments in the um, the dead zone, which I talked about this um briefly on on the blog before, but um, ha- they got some nice art from, from Simon um, Kudransky, uh, who has this like he's working with like a, a monochromatic um, color scheme, and it's, he's got this great um jock like. Art that has, see that has this um like you know, great great sense of style, mood, and momentum as well. It's it's really compelling stuff. And um, let me just say that right now, Todd McFarlane is lucky to have him on illustrating Spawn right now. Lucky, I say. So, so the uh, the main main thrust of this of this arc is that um, like Jordan and Sinestro have been stuck in the the dead zone for the last several issues. And um, once Boz gets gets in there through his um, fight with um, Black Hand, um, he he winds up um, being able to bring Sinestro out, but Jordan is still stuck in there. So he so Jordan's got to find a way out and save the universe from the Third Lantern. This when this works pretty well because the uh, the whole prophecy about um, Jordan being the greatest Black Lantern, which is the, in the um, the annual from Volume Two actually gets um, a really nice payoff here when you find out just just what just what that means. And um in the final in the final two issues, like I said, gets some really some really spectacular gets some really spectacular action, but also a whole lot of, you know, hand waving stuff in the sense, you know, what, what Wolfum is care is um, capable of, gets Sinestro um by taking on um, taking on commanding um, parallax, all the other Green Lanterns showing up and, um, you know, fighting Volthoom, but, you know, they can't beat him until, like, Jordan shows up and shows you why he's not only the 
greatest um, Black Lantern ever, but also the best Green Lantern one is up as well. And, you know, there are some, there's some like dramatic points when you like, find out what Sinestro um, does when he gets, when he gets a chance to go one on one with the Guardians. And also the, uh, some silliness when you get, um, how, like, um, the final parting words between Hal and Sinestro when Sinestro is, we were always friends. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's silly. But if you bought into everything, um, in the series so far, then, um, it's like, then I, then I really see no reason why not to, um, just, you know, go whole hog into this. I mean, overall, I thought the, um, wrap up was, it's like, like, was, was pretty heartfelt and it, and entertaining. And it's like, and overall, it's like, overall, it's like, I don't, I certainly do not regret all the time that I spent with, um, like with John's run, it's like, um, it's like over the years. It's like, and he also basically, um, tries, basically provides his own, you know, this, his stamp on the, on the series such as this. I mean, if you wanted to stop reading after this volume, you certainly could. And that's certainly what I'm going to do because, you know, seeing what he's done with the, with the series, I mean, like he, not only did he bring, um, like Jordan back from the dead in a good way, he managed, um, he left, what is it, they say, one title, like a, a solo series also ran into a four title franchise that's um, now being car- carried on in his way. This is the very definition of leaving a series like in better, better condition than when he left. Hey, to be honest, if it hadn't been for, um, for John's run, we wouldn't have gotten that terrible, terrible Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds a couple of years ago. So overall, it's like, I, so overall, it's like, I mean, like, like, um, John's, John's run, highly, highly recommended. And, you know, if DC decides to start putting out his, his run in, like, you know, omnibus collections for you to collect everything, then, yeah, I'd highly recommend it. Cause it's, a, it's a really good example of, like, what a singular creative vision can do to drive a series. But let's not forget like, that he's also had some very capable, um, like, artistic collaborators as well. It's like, from um, Ethan Van Siver, who um, did the, who's contributed, like, like um, several, several chapters from Rebirth, on um, various um, um, one shots in the series itself, to Ivan Rice, who it's like who did the who basically rose superstar status with his work on the title, then on on Black Knight, and also my personal favorite Doug Monk, who um, guy's got like a fearsome talent for drawing just about any nasty uh, monster um, you can think of, and um, throwing him on like a, on a science fiction title that like has like the craziest monsters in the in the universe. Brilliant move, and um, he and he shows you like time and time again in this in this volume and just about anything else he he's done with um with this series, you know why he's one of the best in the business. It's like I, it's like the guys the guys a fantastic artist and and, I, and I'm really glad that DC decided to throw him on a title where he could really just shine and show you and show a wide audience what he was capable of. Great stuff overall, and and. And, and highly recommended. Yeah, there's there's a great amount of deep silliness, but you know, hey, if you're if you're a superhero fan, then yeah, you've kind of then you know, silliness is part of the game. Overall, it's like it's um, John's Green Lantern, great great stuff. I I'd recommend it just by anyone who's interested in good good superhero comics. So John, if you're still there, any thoughts? Oh, I'm still here. Absolutely. Um, I. I 
appreciate what he's done for the Green Lantern, according to what you said. Uh, I just there's just something that always kind of gets me, and I've noticed the you know the trend. Um, why is it, Why do we? I mean, and and I'm not gonna I'm not trying to be insensitive whatsoever, but uh, so many times I see this used as um as as a launching point or a plot. And I and I understand the times have changed, but nine eleven terrorists and Arab Americans. I mean, you know, it's I, I you know I I have nothing I have nothing but respect for the events that happened around that. But it, you know, is it necessary to use it everywhere? I mean, it's just like you know, it, it it's a different sort of it's well, it's not different. It's just that I begin to see it You're more kind of in stories. It's, 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 all it's kind of become, it's come, it's starting to become a trope in itself. Very much, very much so, very much so. I have nothing wrong with it, and I think well-executed ones can do well. It's just that I believe, you know, <laughs> if there's anything uh, that I could say, um, that it's just like, wow, uh, here's another terrorist uh, story again. <laughs> you know, here's this and this. You know, uh, you know, I don't know if we're endeavoring to incorporate them. Or it's just like it's good, easy, off-the-shelf material nowadays, you know. Um, so that's my that's my only observation about it. I don't I don't have anything wrong with any of those things. That's the thing. I have nothing wrong with uh, all of that. It's just it's kind of an interesting thing. It's like, hey, well, just pull it off the shelf. Here it is again. The 9/11, you know, um, you know, uh, framing device, if you will. <laughs> yeah, and I I know I know what you mean right there, and I'm with. And with Boz, I mean, but I'm willing, I think that um, John's does it a bit better than most, because um, his, all the, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, of course I'd say that, but at the same time, the, uh, like, hit, like the whole, like, 9-11 stuff is kind of like, I'm um, dealt with in two um, mostly silent pages. Okay. In the sense that we get, um, we get, like, the whole, um, that, you know, that moment when um, Simon's um, world changed for him and his family, the fallout, and then we show, then we find out today, you know, what, what he's up to, um, and he turns out he's stealing cars and shit. So. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, I don't have any problems with well-written stories, and he may put together yet another well-written story. It's just, it's like, hmm, getting to be, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I mean, I watch Star Trek, right? It's unapologetically Star Trek, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, you know, the bane of their existence at one time was time travel stories in the Borg, so... um, So I mean, yes. you know, and and so I guess being a, a fan of that caliber, it's like hmm, I tend to notice it when more trends start to you know crop up often, you know. Um, yeah. So I I actually a bigger problem with with, all, with the franchise, you know, in terms of like who gets to be a Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. We've got five Green Lanterns from Earth, and they're all guys, so it's just one major sausage fest. Yeah, yeah. When are we going to see like, like, like a, a, a female Green Lantern from? Yep, may not be uh, in the cards at the moment, but maybe someone will come along and and throw that in there. After all, there are females in the Green Lantern Corps, are there not? Yes, sir. Yes, there are. There are some. <laughs> there are some female females in the Green Lantern Corps. There are also also all of the um, all the uh, um, Star Sapphires are female, but they've yeah. also got all the um, really all the really revealing costumes and all. So it's kind of like yes. we're dealing with. There are no male Star Sapphires, and I think um, John said that. Yeah, you know, it's like we can't have any guys being Star Sapphires because they could 
because they look terrible in the costume. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she is, you know, that's not not good, Jeff. That's that's not. Yeah, that's uh, you know, uh, you can get away with it with a with a character like Wonder Woman, where it's a, an island of Amazonians, or you know, or whatnot. But uh, where the gender doesn't really matter, you know. <laughs> You know what I mean? So anyway, no, yeah. no, no. So yeah, absolutely an excellent, uh, uh, excellent extra observation. But yeah, that's it. Anything on uh, what you're going to talk about next week? Not a damn thing. Have a general idea. Well, let's see if my uh, if the, the if my uh, shipment of um, the last issues of Peter Milligan's Hellblazer arrived, then I'll be then I'll certainly be willing to talk about that. Otherwise, it may be a surprise. But like I say, we're going to shoot shoot for Milligan's Hellblazer. We'll see. We'll see how that goes for right now. All right. We'll check you out. Uh, we'll uh, catch you next time on Comic Fix by the Glick. Later. Bye.